Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. The love is, is an inner state that makes you behave differently towards yourself and towards other people. And so when you connect with this message around money, it influences all your relationships because it actually just brings more love into your life around a topic that is probably really important to you, which mm. happens to be money. But people always say to me, Sarah, this isn't really just about money at all, is it? It's about so much more it, and it is. Money opens the door. It says in that first chapter, you will win not only me, which is money, but mm -hmm. life also. Mm. So it opens the door to a, a richer, more generous life. And that to me is actually what's important. The money is, of course, included. Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Sarah. I'm super stoked that you're joining me here today. Thank you very much, Samantha. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, I can't wait to talk. Now, you're the author of Love Money, Money Loves You, which when we were introduced by a good friend of ours, Danny Levin, uh, and he told me about this book, I'm like, wow, what a cool name for a book. That's really nice. Uh, and you teach business owners to transform their relationship with money. And as soon, and I've, I've heard of you you through the you know the entrepreneurial traps so to speak for quite a few years and I wanted to get you on the show because I think that relationships with money holds or or you know really what's the word not holds people back but limits entrepreneurs and business owners so much because we carry so much crap about money into our lives. So I really wanted to chat with you today, but I'd love you to share with us. I know that you've got a really awesome journey about how you got here. I'd love you to share with people what it was that you did and how you actually wound up in the space that you're in right now. Well, I certainly didn't start anywhere near that space because I started off in middle-class public service England with a naval father and an artist mother. So uh, there was not really much talk about money at all there. And in all my earlier career, it was never money-focused. You know, mm -hmm. I was a teacher. And then um, I went into interviewing children for the BBC. So that was heart work. You know, you, you worked for the BBC for passion, not for money. That's mm -hmm. for sure. 
Um, and I trained for a long time with Chinese masters. That was partly for my own personal development um, and needing answers to big questions about life. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I found totally fascinating, but I didn't actually really learn about money. In fact, I ended up with rather a, a confused relationship with money. I'd spent all the money that I had. I wasn't making any. And I was caught in the the trap of people who often get trapped in that somewhat spiritual or energetic knowledge and therefore completely denying money, mm. not being able to bring together purpose and money, all those kinds of things. So that, that was what happened to me. And then I just had this very extraordinary experience where I was given a book called How to Become a Money Magnet just after my business had failed, really miserably failed. It was a horrible experience. And the book had exercises at the end of the chapter. And I was um, doing one of the exercises and it said, what does money want to say to you? And I started writing and literally words started coming out of the end of my pen that were not my words. And Mm. the first thing that it said was, I would like to tell you to love me. And then it went on and it said, pay with me, take me, invest me, do all these different things with me. It said, I am energy. I am beautiful. I'm here to serve human beings. I'm not the devil and I never have been. And it was like two pages talking like this. And then it ended up saying, I will love you. Mm. So hence the title of the book, Love Money, Money Loves You. It was this extraordinary message apparently from the energy of money, talking about love and creativity and how it serves human beings. And then I went on and wrote like that every day for a while because it was such an intriguing experience and ended up receiving over 60 messages from money, essentially written through my hand, um, that talk about what money really is and how it really works and how we've misunderstood it in our society, um, the consequences of that and how we can transform our relationship with it so it can become much simpler and easier and more enjoyable and, of course, actually more effective. So that's what I've been then. I had to learn it for myself. So, you know, just because I wrote the book, it didn't mean I could do it. I actually had to go and find out what that message really meant and how to apply it in my life. So that's how I got to be where I am now. I love that you shared that last piece because... I don't think that any of us, even who are experts and have a very deep knowledge in what we're doing, we never stop learning. And I think that having the vulnerability to say, you know what, I I still don't know all there is to know. And the courage to, to continue on that journey is so freeing to be able to A, say that, but B, understand that we, we are all just students and that we are on this journey and that being on the journey helps take us to a whole new level, which in turn helps us to help our clients. You know, being able to share things that you've read for, from a book is one thing. Being able to share things and help people transform through real life, you know, stories and challenges and, and you know, elations is a whole different kettle of fish. Totally. I, I, I just couldn't agree with you more. And to do it for yourself and then to do it with other people and see them go through the ups and downs of the learning, because learning is not a straight line upwards. It's often challenging. And to see what works and what doesn't work as well, those to me, that, that's what makes the, it's what makes the heart actually of that transformative process. Because mm. we can all go and read a book and 
you know, I've written the book and it is beautiful because it does have a beautiful energy to it. But writing the book, having it come through me, didn't actually teach me what was in it. Mm. And we sometimes get confused about that. And we think, well, I should know better or I should be able to do that. But it was one of the most liberating things for me was when I realized that I could let go of the clever girl who came top at school and I could say, I don't know. And I don't understand. And I'm not as fast as you think I am. And I need more time to learn this. And all those simple things that I think as business owners, we have to be able to do. Mm, And I think that's going to resonate with so many people that are listening right now, because we have all these stories that we bring into our adulthood, you know, from situations that happened to us when we were so young and had no no control or no knowledge that they were, they were creating us to be the people that we are. So I guess where I want to go first with this is I know that one of the things that you talk about is asking and receiving money. I think that asking for money, and you alluded to it before, especially with, and I see this a lot with coaches because, you know, we're all coming from this heart space of, of serving and doing good that they almost put asking for money and serving in two different buckets, but they, it's not like that at all. I'd love you to sort of deep dive into that a little bit more. It's one of the first things that the book actually explores is asking for money and recognizing that money really is an energy. It's real. It's there. It's work. It's job, so to speak, is to serve our requests. So the way we ask for things, the way we want things, um, the way we say, I would love I would love this result. I would love this to happen. I would love this experience. That's really the language of the money of energy. Mm. And when that language is there, it's like the whole system starts to perk up and say, oh, here's a human being who wants something. Now it's our job to deliver that. And that might sound really fanciful to a, to a business owner, but in a funny kind of way, it's not actually. It's, it's kind of like behind life. There's all this energetic movement going on and I can characterize it like that a little bit humanly, but it's really like that. And when, you, when you're more sensitive to energy, you can feel it. And it's like, There's an aliveness in the air, especially when we communicate in terms of what we would love to experience, what we would love to have, what we would love our business to create, or what we'd love our business to achieve. And then there is a whole energetic system that actually is there to help to deliver that. And when you experience synchronicities, when you experience a meeting that goes really well, when you get results, all of that is happening because of this energy of money that is sort of operating behind the scenes. That's what I learned from writing the book, that it's not just me with the weight of the business on my shoulders and how hard can I work. It's me in partnership with an energy that actually is part of the delivery system of the very things that I'm looking for. And it's such a relief. And I've seen business owners, you know, grounded, practical people who you would not think would really engage with this. But I've seen them discover that it works, like they can relax. They can actually relax in this relationship with money. They don't have to try to control it all the time. Mm. They don't have to be so afraid of it that there's something there that's actually a friendly force, if you like. Which when you were talking about that, it really brought up, I guess, a big question that people might be thinking right now if, if it's this energy and it, and it does want to be um, asked for so that we can bring it into our life, 
What about when we've got an energy of money is evil? We may have grown up in a house where our parents said money is evil or money doesn't grow on trees or all of the other beliefs that we have that that by asking for money, it means that we're not good humans. How can we ask for it when we have that energy around the money? How do we make that transition? I think that that was one of the primary purposes of this energy of money speaking through me to human beings to help us to understand what it really is. When you understand what it is, you can't have that relationship with it anymore. So the big question for me in the beginning was just simply, is this really true? Is it, can it really be true that this was money talking to me, that that's not just my fanciful nonsense imagination? And much more important actually is, does it work? Because if it works, then there's something really interesting there. You know what I would really love to do is um, play you a recording of that first message that I got from money so that we can share share what it said, because then you can see what it is that enables people to transform that relationship. It's like when you hear that message, that's the beginning of the transformation. So we could kind of kick it into place now. Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So this is a, this is a recording of the first chapter. It is money speaking to you. It was speaking to me. It's also speaking to you. And it's with music. I, I created it with a wonderful musician who improvised the music as I spoke the word. And How um, special. It's very special, yes. Yeah. So we call it a transformance because it's, it's like a transformational performance. Ah, ah, and this is it. Money Speaks, Love Money, Money Loves You. This is what money would like to say to you. I would like to tell you to love me. Smile at me. Collect me. Enjoy me. Feel my power, spend me, invest me, give me, pay with me, take me. I am an energy, I'm very powerful and beautiful. incredible web of connections. I am light. You're too afraid of me as you are of many things. You can open up and embrace me fully into your life. It's not too late. You can start now. Just open yourself and say yes. Be brave. Love me. Love yourself so you can accept my power 
my glory, my light, my beauty. I'm not the devil. I never have been. I'm a glorious being of light. I connect human beings with each other. I'm so flexible. You can use me to channel your creativity. Just go ahead. I'm waiting for you. You must open your heart. You're too rigid, too afraid, and there's nothing to be afraid of. life also. I'm always here to help you. Just accept me and I'll come to you very quickly. You've chosen to have more. There's a lot of me waiting for you. Don't wait. Just take me. I will love you. That is so beautiful and I know that I've heard that before. You've played it for me before and and thank you for sharing it with our listeners because it is so powerful and it is so beautiful. Piano is my most favourite instrument ever, so I just get totally lost in that in that audio. My quest the first question that came up is what is the difference between loving money and the love of money? Well, I presume you're really um, partly referring to the old expression, the love of money is the root of all evil. Correct. And also to the issue around greed about Mm. money and the problems that we know arise when people get too attached to money and which have caused spiritual traditions throughout history to make prohibitions essentially around money. Mm. Um, So my experience suggests that it's really simply um, a question of not understanding what we just listened to. Mm. If you you understand what money is, it's totally obvious to love it. It doesn't create greed because there's no fear. Greed sits on top of fear, inadequacy, scarcity, um, insecurity, and weakness. Mm-hmm. essentially. So if we don't feel those things in our relationship with money, if we understand that it's an energy that's always there, it doesn't, it's one of those things, it doesn't abandon us. We can mm-hmm. abandon it, but it doesn't abandon us. And that there is, it says in the book several times, every human being on the planet could be a billionaire and more. We don't have that kind of thinking. We still tend to think in terms of money is limited Mm-hmm. If I give you some money, I've got less, you've got more. Mm-hmm. We stop there. We don't understand that there's a flow that is invoked. So if I spend some money, it invokes, as long as I'm open, the kind of flow of energy that enables money to come in. Mm. Look, as a business owner, you spend way more money than a private individual. You also make way more money. That's mm-hmm. what you do. You start to engage in spending more and making more. Mm. So for me, we become greedy or we go into that root of all evil kind of stuff. Actually, it's, it's not that. It's just a misunderstanding. It's thinking, as we've been taught, that money is limited and that if I have more, you have less. 
So if I have much more, other people have much less. And then you either want to be on the winning side and you feel uncomfortable about that, as many wealthy people do, or you Mm -hmm. feel afraid of losing it because those starving masses are going to take it all from you, like all the revolutions that have happened throughout history of the poor people taking from the rich. Or you say, I don't want to be that nasty bastard who makes lots of money. Like, I mean, I, we, we grew up shooting, you know, fake shooting as kids, people who'd made money in this lifetime, business, business owners, people like me. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we, they were considered vulgar when, when I grew up. It's mm-hmm. crazy thinking. So then, then you opt to be on the poor or the middle class side where you think you have a very clean relationship with money, but actually you don't have much relationship at all. You're never really engaged with it. But also that's because of a fear of being greedy or being whatever it is that you perceive money is. If you take the devil out of it, take evil, take the insecurity and the fear and the inadequacy out of it, then it's perfectly fine to love money. Mm. I love the way that you talked about the fear. And I think that that was the big takeout because that it's the same with anything we're doing, even in business where we're afraid of someone, you know, knowing more than us, you know, it's all when, when we have those feelings, it's always the fear of what's going to happen. And as soon as you take the fear out of it, you know, I can see that the winning side and the losing side, just it, it's, it's non-existent. It's just not where it's at because there's room for all of us on the planet. There's room for all of us to make money. There's room for all of us to express our uniqueness. We don't need to hoard a lot so other people don't have as much because that's not how it operates. Mm. And so, yeah, it frees us. And I'm beginning to see businesses emerge that understand that principle that there really is. It's not just enough to go around. There's this generosity that exists in the energy of money there's enough for us all to live generously. Absolutely. And and I'm seeing businesses begin to emerge that are going to share that principle and make that possible for people. They're early stage, but it's very exciting to see that happening now. Absolutely. I remember, you know, as you were talking there, I remember years ago being in a place where I wanted to buy my clients gifts at Christmas time. And at that particular time, I looked in my account, went, wow, if I buy the gifts that I want to buy them, that's actually going to leave me not very much in my account. And I remember thinking, you know what, I'm just going to do it because it's, it, you know, they have supported me all year. And I remember doing it. And I remember the second that I, that I pressed, you know, send on the, the payment details, I seriously got a huge amount of money into my account. And that was, um, well, significant enough that I've remembered it as we're talking about it, because I think a lot of people and, and we've, we've all done it. I know you and I have both done it as well. Being in a situation where you're looking in your account going, oh man, like I just, I can't spend that at the moment. And I mean, we can't, we can't be frivolous either and just give it all away without any strategy either. I don't believe, but you might shoot that down. You might give me another perspective. I think it's still about being um, a bit being smart with our money um, and and using it to look after ourselves and our families as well as other people. But, you know, it, do, it, do, it needs flow. It needs movement. I think everything you've talked about there is so fascinating in relation to this relationship. So, yeah, your uh-huh. example is a beautiful example. And Tony Robbins tells a similar example of giving pretty much his last dollar 
and then receiving a whole lot of money as a result. Um, and that definitely happens. I've also met people who always thought they should just give everything away and they've ended up with nothing. Mm, so, okay. Because, so, well, I guess, yeah. Well, let, let's just have a look at that for a moment because that's really, I think it's a very important example. Usually they do that giving, they do it open-heartedly, but they mm -hmm. don't actually allow themselves to receive. Mm -hmm. There's often a real sense of insecurity or inadequacy or, you know, I'm not worthy or something. So it, they've opened to the giving part, but not opened that they could be given to. And a world where we all give and no one receives is an in. In, it's like it doesn't even make sense. We have to receive. Like you said, we have to take care of ourselves. And money's very clear about that. Like it's constantly talking about you feeling good and you enjoying life. It's not saying give everything away and live a poor, miserable life. Mm -hmm. It's saying take me. People are challenged by it because it says take me, take me. I'm here. I'm yours. Just take me. And, uh, so, so yes, what you described is absolutely true. And there are many beautiful stories like that. And at the same time, there are, there's always more to learn. And so another part we have to learn is how to take care of ourselves and how to take care of the people we love. So in that, we need to be able to receive. Obviously, there are some people that struggle to receive. Otherwise, as you say, there wouldn't be people that are struggling for money. So, oh, where do we even start with this? what can be the journey or how, how does that journey start of being able to receive? It starts with asking. So generally when people are struggling for money, and this might be a business owner who's not making as much as they want to, or a coach, might be somebody who's really poor, or it might be somebody who's running quite a good business, but actually is not managing to pay all their bills at the moment. So we can all be in that situation. If you're in fear, you will tend to contract in that situation and you will run stories in your head that go something like, there's something wrong with me, or what am I doing wrong, or how am I ever going to get out of this, but with a feeling of desperation, or mm -hmm. I can't pay all my bills, I've got so much debt, I don't know how I'm ever going to manage this. You're telling a story that doesn't make you feel good. It's actually a, a desperate story. So if you open up to this relationship with money, you say, okay, I'm in this situation, Let's be honest about it. This is what's happening. But I would love to find a way to solve it. And we know that solutions thinking is better than problems thinking. Mm -hmm. So that starts you to open up. But what I discovered through the book is that I can literally ask that energy of money to sort out an issue for me. I remember once I was... Um, I suddenly realized that I didn't have enough money to pay something that I had to pay that day. I can't remember it was. And I was teaching at the time. I had no time to go and do the usual business things. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so I just sat there and I said, money, please sort this out for me. And within 15 minutes, somebody had paid me twice as much as what she was expecting to pay me. Um, and something else came in at the same time. I solved everything just like that. And I've had that happen many times for me. Now the money came in through a business uh, channel, so to speak. It came yeah, in yeah. through a client, through my bank account. I'm not talking some fluffy stuff, yeah. but that I don't think we realize as human beings how powerful our wishes are and mm. how powerful the conversation is that goes on in our head. So when you're telling the story, oh my God, I'm going to just drown in these debts, it's almost as if you're putting out a command I'm, I want, I'm going to drown in the debts. <laughs> yeah. And so it is absolutely essential to shift that around. And this becomes more and more subtle, but this, this, these are the areas where we go on learning for decades. 
because uh, we can create more and more the more we wake up to this extraordinary power that exists. It's a kind of wish fulfillment. It's almost like the genie in the bottle, but you need to know how it works. It's mm. not just like, oh yeah, whatever I want, I just sit here and ask for it and it drops in my lap. We know it's not that, but there's a technology behind this, what I call an inner technology that works and is reliable. And so when you learn the principles of that, you can learn how to get it to work for you. Mm, love that. What about karma? How does karma play in all of this and our, um, and our beliefs in, you know, good things happen to good people or I must have done something bad or, you know, I think that this plays a lot into it as well. Karma is something I work with a lot because the kinds of people that I work with and I suspect the kinds of people you work with actually often have issues with karma. So I'll tell you a little bit how it arises and how you recognize it, first of all, mm -hmm. um, especially in the kind of world of people who, who we're talking to. If you have the experience of feeling that you should be more powerful or should be more successful or something's always holding you back inside, you know that you were born for this mission or this purpose or this beautiful thing you want to do and somehow it's always, you're always held back or you're sabotaged or you're betrayed or you sabotage yourself and you just don't understand. And then every time you get a bit of energy and a bit of movement and momentum, something else comes along and completely knocks you back. I've had a lot of that experience. I had a lot of karma. The fundamental reason why that happens in my understanding is that in a previous life, and yes, you have to believe in previous lives or just take it. It's an easier way to work with it. In a previous life, you have done to others what's being done to you this time. So at one level, the popular understanding, you know, what you put out comes back to you. Mm -hmm. um, good people have good karma or whatever. There's a sort of truth in it, but it's got a bit um, tainted, really. Mm -hmm. But fundamentally, if you do have that sense that you could or should be a powerful person, you would have been a powerful person in previous lives. It doesn't happen suddenly like that. If you've been powerful in previous lives, the likelihood is, for most of us, that we abused that power in some way. We hurt people by the way we used power. That was just the way things were done. It's not wrong and it's not right, but it happened. Mm. When we hurt people, we do it because we're hurting. They then hurt. They then hurt other people. And it creates this ripple of hurt and pain and suffering across the world. When we recognize what we're doing and say, oh my goodness, that was not a good way to treat people. I, you know, I could treat people with respect and love and honor and all the good things that we have known for thousands of years. They're not new. We can resolve all that pain, but mostly we didn't. We left that lifetime probably thinking I'm right and all those stupid poor people were wrong. Mm -hmm. So it carries into the next life. And over generations and lifetimes, it gets more and more buried, but you've never actually let go of that energy. And it, because it's in you, it plays out in your life. And it plays out in the form of behavior from other people who really trigger you. You feel like, wow, I like so hurt or so triggered by their behavior. And you feel it's really unfair or unjustified because here you are trying to be a good person, making the world a better place. And why are people treating you that way? That is basically what karma is about. And when you resolve that in this lifetime, resolve the stuff that you've done in past lives, and we don't have to be very accurate about it, but we, we just identify this pattern that you still have inside you, then that actually releases you to be your true self. It actually release, releases you to shine. That karma is kind of like putting a cloud around your natural human shine. Mm. 
And so it's very important work for people who care about important things. Mm. So I'm hearing, obviously, your book is called Love Money, Money Loves You. Love is a big piece of this conversation. I'm guessing that there is more than a connection between you and the money. I'm guessing that there's something deeper around this love piece that actually has no attachment to the money, as in loving us, loving the people around us. When I say loving us, loving, you know, ourselves. Is that an important piece in this puzzle? Yes. In that little piece I played you, it actually said, love yourself so you can accept my power, my glory, my light, my beauty. When we don't love, we can't accept lovely, beautiful, lovable things because we don't have space in ourselves for that much good to to happen to us. And the thing about love is that when love is in your heart, you love yourself, you love other people, you love life. You love all the different aspects of things. Love isn't something that is like, well, I love you, but I hate you. That's not <laughs> love. That's, you know, that's a partiality that there might be a hormonal thing going on there, or there might be some, but that's not love. We know that the love is, is an inner state that makes you behave differently towards yourself and towards other people. And so when you connect with this message around money, it influences all your relationships because it actually just brings more love into your life around a topic that is probably really important to you, which Mm. happens to be money. But people always say to me, Sarah, this isn't really just about money at all, is it? It's about so much more. And it is. Money opens the door. It says in that first chapter, you will win not only me, which is money, but Mm -hmm. life also. Mm. So it opens the door to a a richer, more generous life. And that to me is actually what's important. The money is of course included. That was my favorite line in the whole, the whole thing. Like, you, you know, you will win at life. And I think that that for me was the biggest takeout. And I know that I was writing something the other day. People think that that it's not about the money. I have a lot of people, you know, and like I I said before, a lot of coaches that say that money's not important. And I say, well, don't think about the money itself, the the bills, the dollar bills in your hand. Think about what the money brings you. How, How does your life look different when you have money? How does it look different for your children, for your spouse? You know, do you have more adventure? Are you able to contribute to the to you, you know, things that are important to you. So it's, it, you know, the, the energy is also what it brings you in your life. And that was why that was my favorite, my favorite line in there, because I just thought, yes, you know, we all have different dreams and things that are important to us. And that money gives us the ability to, to create whatever that is. And most coaches have dreams of making the world a better place in some way. And they would like to do Mm -hmm. more of what they're doing and for more people to be involved. You can't do that without money. If you Mm -hmm. restrict yourself financially, you will restrict your business and therefore the impact because even to get out of bed in the morning, it costs money. The bed costs money. The clothes cost money. The house Everything costs money, but it's not about this like costing money, small thinking. It's mm. a, this is an energy that is infused through all of your life. And when you engage with it, it allows you to exchange. It allows you to share your gifts with other people and them to share their gifts with people in this incredible exchange, which we call a marketplace, where we all put our gifts in and we take out what we want. 
that's what money facilitates. To say you don't want that is basically to say, I don't want to contribute much and I don't want anyone to contribute much to me. Mm -hmm. I don't think is the spirit of a coach. That is so powerful, that piece right there. And if you're listening and you missed that, please go back and listen to that again. Because if there's if there was only one takeaway from this episode, which there isn't, there's thousands, like it's that, you know, we are here to make the world a better place. And, and to do that, we need to ask, we need to receive. And, and that's such an important piece. Yeah. I, but I think that's some of the biggest work that business owners can do is, is really see the power of who they are and what they have to contribute, mm. not try to contribute what isn't theirs to give. Mm-hmm. So know who you are, know who the people are who work with you and, and give your heart to it because it makes life feel good. Ah, oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. How do values play into, into all of this? The, I found the whole exploration of the word value to be really fascinating and it continues to grow as I, as I go further in this work. So one part is how I value myself and how I value other people. Mm-hmm. And then there's how I value my services. There's how you value my services compared mm-hmm. to how I value them. You might think they're amazing, but have no money. And therefore you can't pay much of them. You might think they're amazing and you might be a business owner who likes to pay for things and wouldn't want it if it was really cheap. So these are all different ways that we value things. I might value, let's say I value buying a piano, but I wouldn't value buying a fishing rod. But for someone else, the fishing Mm -hmm. rod would be amazingly valuable and the piano would be a piece of trash. So we Mm -hmm. all have different values. We have different ways that we value ourselves. And then what I've discovered very recently, which I, I think is fascinating, is that somehow the way we are with money and value in the outside world connects with the way we value our own soul. So it's like the currency of the soul is value. So it's very interesting that we use this word value in money, but sometimes I'm working with people around this deeper stuff and their purpose and their soul's purpose, what makes them really feel alive. And then we come to this concept of value for the soul, which can be around joy and beauty and, and having an adventure in life, not having a really boring life, being very alive. But all of that actually connects with the way you operate around money and in your business. So it seems like we need to take our souls to business as well, not leave them at the door. Um, and that this whole exploration of money and value goes to the deepest roots of our being and all the way out to what we could call the most superficial and most material aspects of our lives. They're all part and parcel of the same thing. So can we change our values? I think we can because I think, um, I mean, I, I don't know about our deepest values. They may change over time. Definitely, like you said before, uh, lots of people say they don't value money. I had to really train myself to value money. My default was, oh, well, the money doesn't matter. Mm. And I can still hear myself say that sometimes. And then I say, hold on a moment, Sarah. It does matter. It's okay to value it. It's okay to be really determined to crack the money problem. I think of it sometimes like that, that money is never going to be a problem again. Mm. If I had a health issue, I know that I would have to throw everything I've got at it to get my health right because without that, everything else is more difficult. Why is money any different? Mm. You have a money problem. If your health and your relationships are in reasonable order, I would throw everything you have 
really learning the essence of money because because of what you gain in that process and that does mean changing your values yes beautiful so i would totally recommend the book love money money loves you because if you're as um open to everything that sarah has been talking about as as you know, well, the reason that I invited you on here, because I just think this is a fantastic conversation. How can people get a copy of that book? And also how can people stay connected with you? So to get a copy of the book, the easiest place to go is Amazon or Book Depository, the usual places. Mm-hmm. And in terms of staying connected with me, the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, which is sarahmccrum.com and sign up on my email list. Um, I don't send spammy emails, but I do write every week and share something of what I'm finding really interesting at the moment or working on with people. And that's the way that you will be in touch with everything else as well. I love it. So as usual, we will put all of those links into the show notes so you can just go and click the magic button and wind up in exactly the right place, (laughs) the place that you're meant to be. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you know, thank you for sharing so much value. I know that I'll be going back and listening to this episode again myself. Thank you very much, Samantha. It's such a pleasure to actually share this with people. Ah, love it. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. But before we go, have you joined us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook? If not, jump over there right now and connect with other entrepreneurs who are also building and scaling their business. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.